Well, good morning, North Haven family. Uh, this is Pastor Adam. I'm the senior pastor here at uh, North Haven, and uh, we're in unprecedented times. And uh, so uh, we're doing the best that we can. And I got to tell you, uh, those that are working hard in making this live stream possible are literally doing their best. Uh, we have uh, some individuals, including the worship team, as well as people behind the scenes, who are working really hard uh, to, to make this possible. So praise God for that. Praise God that we live in a day and age where we're able to actually communicate in this way. Uh, you know, and I think God is actually looking out for uh, the church in this regard, uh, because even 10 years ago, this wouldn't have been possible. Uh, so anyways, um, I wanted to, uh, to thank you for joining us, and I also want to say thank you to, to Pastor Alex. He's our uh, youth pastor, young adults pastor here at North Haven. And uh, he stepped in for me last week. Uh, many of you are, were, are aware and were aware at the time that uh, my wife and I were ill. And uh, we were in the process of being tested for COVID-19. It came back negative, so praise God for that. But for about four days, we had to quarantine ourselves away from our kids. And that was a long four, four days. And we weren't feeling very well. So um, obviously, it wouldn't have been safe or prudent for, for me to be here that Sunday. Um, so thank you, Alex, uh, for giving the message that day. Um, and uh, that, was a, that was kind of our trial run with the live stream. And for a trial run, I got to tell you, it, it worked flawlessly. So just I'm so thankful, again, for everybody involved in that. So before we, uh, we go into uh, this Sunday's message, I, I want to kind of touch base with you about a couple of, of things. Because our communication and obviously our, our FaceTime is, is non-existent or very limited right now, this is an opportunity that I have to be able to communicate some information, make sure that we're on the same page. Uh, so the first thing I want to mention is this last week we collected items for backpacks for our Richardson uh, family kids. And uh, we just had an outpouring of donations. I mean, it's just amazing. We have, we have tables right now set up in the commons, and we got a small team of individuals who are going to come in uh, at 12 o'clock here today, um, and they're going to put together these backpacks. And we're estimating that we're going to be able to pack about 100 backpacks um, full of food for kids in our community that are in desperate need right now uh, for, for meals. And uh, so praise God for that. Thank you so much for everybody that was a part of those donations. Um, our community found out about that as well, and I'm sure that, um, that uh, there were people even outside of this church that were uh, giving. Now, we want to offer that opportunity again. So we're going to pack these backpacks. Richardson's going to come, and they're going to pick those up, and uh, they'll distribute those. And uh, we want to keep this going as much as we can. So for the next three days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of this week, from 9 a.m. till 5 p.m., we're asking people to continue with those donations. Now, we'll send out the information again on social media as to what those items specifically are that we're asking for. And then you can, anytime from Monday through Wednesday, uh, um, 9 a.m. till 5 p.m., you can just come to the church. The front door is there. There's a huge tent. You can't miss it. And there'll be large bins set outside. You just place those items in there. And per periodically over those few days, we'll be bringing those inside so they don't pile up or whatnot not are exposed to the elements. And uh, we'll, just, we'll just continue to bless our community that way. So again, over the next three days, Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. till 5 p.m., bring those items. We'll remind you about that through social media. 
I also want to let you know we had a community prayer time this last Thursday, and uh, it was just a, it was a really cool experience. A little bit surreal for me because I'm interacting with you, and I'm just talking to a camera, and uh, you're all looking at me. Uh, so it, it's, it's a kind of a surreal relationship right now, but we're doing the best that we can. But it was really cool, and I heard a lot of great feedback about this time of prayer, this live prayer event that we had. We're going to do it again. We'll continue to do it. So the next one is going to be tomorrow, Monday, and that's going to be at 3 p.m. At 3 p.m., we just ask that you take whatever time that you have. If you have five minutes, great. Join us for five minutes. If you can take the hour, fantastic. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll not only pray for those individual requests that are given in that prayer time, but we'll also be praying for, obviously, our community, our state, our nation, and our world. Um, I also want to just let you know in case you haven't uh, found out because, you know, this is growing um, every day. You know, there's more information and uh, changes seem to be coming rapidly. Uh, so we recently made the decision uh, just a couple days ago that we're going to cancel our in-person service for the 29th. So effectively, that just that means that for the rest of the month of, of March, we are not going to be meeting here in the building. That includes you know, Sunday mornings and, and Wednesday nights. So any date in April at this point, so Wednesday nights or Sunday mornings, is to be determined. Uh, and we'll continue to keep you up to speed on any of those developments to make sure that, um, that we're all on the same page. Um, so I also want to just remind you, too, uh, about the church app. The church app is a fantastic resource right now. Now, it's, it's a fantastic resource at any time, but especially now because it gives you some unique ways to stay connected with us. We're going to keep that app up to date with information as well as making sure that um, in that app you have the ability to put your prayer requests in. So if you open up the app, the home page has a button button right in front of you that says prayer requests. And we want to know how we can be praying for you. That's so important right now that we continue this trend of informing one another as to how we can lift each other up and support each other. So click on that sometime here. You can even do it right now. Um, and uh, if you have to exit out of this for a minute or so in order to put that prayer request in, that's totally fine. But let us know how we can pray for you. There's also on that app uh, an opportunity opportunity for you to connect with us. So the connection card is virtual on that app as well. Uh, so you can just keep us up to date with not only who you are, but uh, with uh, your information if any of that has been changing or needs to be updated. And then also um, in that app is a virtual uh, worship bulletin, like a worship guide. So what it is that we hand to you when you come into the sanctuary on a regular Sunday morning, we're now giving to you virtually. So on the app, you can click on that and uh, you can receive the information, the announcement, so to speak, that you would normally read if you had one of those in your hands. And then probably the most important thing, and I want to be really frank here, um, so obviously a huge concern is this virus, but, you know, uh, and even, um, 
equal concern, if not in some cases a greater concern, is what this is doing to our nation and um, our community financially. And we're all aware of that. We're all thinking about those things and we're all being affected by that in one way or another. And one of those things that we can do is we can continue to support uh, local um, organizations and businesses that are in the area uh, to, to help them in this crisis. But you know, we're a church and a church is dependent on the giving of the people that, that call that church their home. And, uh, and so I'm just asking that we, would, that we would faithfully, trusting God, continue to give in this time. Uh, because we, we still need to see ministry happen. And one of the things that we're working on, on making sure that you're aware of is, is how it is that your generous giving is, is resulting in ministry that is happening. So a great example of that is the Richardson Backpacks. There's a huge outpouring of that. There's evidence of that giving that you're seeing in a tangible way. Now we want to continue that trend. So there are simple ways that you can give online right now. You can give through the app. You can give through the website. Super easy. You can set that up for, um, for direct deposit as well. And uh, super secure. So please check those options out if you haven't. And let's continue to be faithful in our, in our giving of our resources. Giving God the best of what he's given us. Because that is a fundamental part of our worship. Especially during this time. Um, and also, I want to let you know a couple, two more announcements before we jump into the message. Um, we want to continue the, uh, the ability to be able to meet in groups. And so some of you are small group leaders, you have groups, or you would like to start maybe like a Bible study, or maybe you have a group of friends here in the church community that you want to connect with. Well, we've provided a way for you to do that. It's really simple. We, we have um, purchased a Zoom account. Now, Zoom for those of you who aren't aware, that's a video conferencing um, internet based platform that allows you to be able to actually see people face to face. Now, if you're interested in leading a group through our Zoom account, we want to set you up with that. So we're not needing to hear from everybody that wants to communicate that way, but if you're interested in leading a group through that Zoom account, so whether it's your small group or a Bible study or a meeting or whatever, a prayer group, I want you to email me, okay? You can email me here at this email address, adam at northhavenchurch.org. You can see it here, adam at northhavenchurch.org. Org. Email me. Let me know that you're interested in that Zoom account. I will be in touch with you. I'll walk you through the information as to how you access that, work through it, and all that stuff so that we can continue in this relationship. Now, also, we want to give you resources, right? Now, we have a resource that's embedded in our church community. We've had it for a while, but now it's even more important than ever, and that is Right Now Media. Right Now Media is a fantastic... It's basically Christian Netflix, but it's even beyond that because not only is there great content for kids, but there's also Bible studies, there's, there's book studies in video form that provides small group questions. So you can, you can take your group or your small group or a group of people through a study really easily, or you could do that yourself, or you can do that with your family, and it's super free. 
I mean, you can't even get more free than that. So I don't know why I said super, but it is free. And so you can access that, and we want to give you that information. So to get that information as to how to access that for free, you want to contact Amanda, our church administrator, at Amanda at NorthHavenChurch.org. Amanda at NorthHavenChurch.org. Okay. All right. Well, that's all the information that I have at this moment. And we're going to continue to keep you up to date on, on uh, changing circumstances and all that stuff. And we're going to continue to pray, um, obviously, for all of you. We want you to know you're not alone. We're in this together. Um, so praise God, like I said, for the opportunity that we have to communicate like this. Now, we're in the series. We took a break from it last week because I was ill and Pastor Alex stepped, out, stepped up in the last minute. Um, but uh, we're going to jump back into the series that we started a few weeks ago called Let's Talk About It. Let's Talk About It. Now, you may remember back in January, we asked all of you, hey, what are some things that you're interested in, in discussing here in our services? And we received a, a multitude of questions or ideas or topics. And then the staff and I, we sat down and we said, okay, hey, w- which ones of these are we wanting to address? And we decided on, on several of them, and, and the one that we're going to address here this morning is a question specifically, are we supposed to be strong or weak? So as Christians, are we supposed to be strong or are we supposed to be weak? And I thought that was a fantastic question because there are moments in Scripture where we're told to be strong, but yet we're also described often in Scripture as being weak, I mean, even Paul, he says that, that, that God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. And I did a message a while back, you may remember, on vulnerability and how our weakness, uh, embracing that vulnerability, actually enhances the strength of God in our lives. And so there is a bit of a paradox, right? Are we supposed to be strong or are we supposed to be weak? So that's the question we're going to be, that we're going to be addressing today. But before we, we really dive into what the Bible says about it, one of the things I love to do is I love definitions, right? So I, I go to Webster's all the time, and I look at what words mean, because a lot of times we use words, and we don't really understand the true meaning of those words. And so let's look at some basic definitions here this morning. Now, what does the world mean? So when we think of the world, we're thinking of just if you open up a Webster's and you looked at a basic definition, it's not rooted in the, in the, the Hebrew text of the Old Testament or the Greek text of the New Testament. It's just how it is that the world defines these words. How does the world define someone or something as weak? Now, basically... Basically, the definition is a deficiency in, in, in the physicality or a mentality or an emotionality. Basically, it's an inability. It's, a, it's an insufficient um, uh, uh, physical means or emotional means or mental means, right? It, it's just, it is inferior. It is well below the standard. So what in the world then does it mean if something or someone is strong? Well, that basically is the opposite, right? It's having great physical ability, having great emotional ability, having great mental ability or capacity. All right, so if we can just draw that line, if we could say foundationally, that's what we all understand. If we say something or someone is weak or something or someone is strong, that's what we're saying. They either have great inability or they have tremendous ability, right? Now, what does God's word then say 
about this? What is God's word? How does God's word define what it means to be weak and what it means to be strong? Now, there are quite a number of instances all throughout Scripture where we or others are either told to be strong or we're told to be weak. And so, like I said, it can maybe be a little, a little confusing. So let's, let's first look at a couple of instances in God's Word where a child of God, where someone who, who is, 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 resides in, in God's embrace, you know, says that I've decided to make him the leader of my life, where they are told to be strong where they're told to be strong. Now, a, a pretty familiar example of this is found in Joshua 1.6. You know, Moses has died. And now Moses, you know, he's like, you know, the big wig of the Old Testament, right? He's died, and Joshua is now in charge. And he's supposed to take the Israelites into the promised land. You can imagine how daunting that is. And in the midst of that, God says to Joshua, he says, Be strong. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Now another instance of of, uh, a child of God being told to be strong can be found in the New Testament. So Joshua obviously in the Old Testament. Now in the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 11. And that is finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's evil schemes. Okay, so that gives us a, a, a fundamental picture of, of Scripture's use of be strong. The times in which a child of God is said to be strong. Now what about when a child of God is described as weak? There in lies the paradox, as we talked about, right? We're, we're told to be strong, but what about those instances in God's word where we're told to be weak? Now, one of the predominant words, specifically in Greek, that's used uh, to, to, to de- describe somebody as weak is the Greek word asthenes, asthenes. And that is basically an inability. There's an insufficiency. There's a lack of capacity. That's what that word is implying. And we see that word in, in Romans 8.26 and 2 Corinthians 12.10, 1 Corinthians 15.43, and so on and so on. And one time that that word is being used is also in this verse, in Matthew 26, verses 40 through 41. Then he, Jesus, returned to his disciples and he found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh has an inability. There's a lack of capacity. There's an insufficiency. That's what that's implying there. So what do these verses, what do these verses mean or what are they saying in regards to these words being strong or being weak? What are these words saying? Well, basically it comes to this. We are told to be strong because we are weak. We are told to be strong because we are weak. And that's because weakness is our condition. Weakness is our innate condition. In each of the instances, weakness is defined as a lack of capacity, a a lack of ability, a great 
insufficiency. And there are instances, and these are, I'm sorry, these are instances in which our human condition is described as insufficient. Meaning that we as human beings, we have this innate limited capacity or no capacity at all in certain areas of our lives. And a part of that is because of the sin in the world. It's because sin is a part of our human reality, right? We are born into sin, and we are sinful. And so because of that, we, we have weakness. But another part of the reason for that is because we are not God. There is a God, and we're not him, right? We are not God. So sin is in the world, and we are not God, and so because of that, we are innately insufficient. We are innately weak. And John the Baptist, he testified to this in the book of John, in John chapter 3, verses 22 through 27. And I just want to mention here, too, that we're not going to have any verses on this screen, because if we put them up, uh, they're going to be pretty um, small in the font. And so if you have your Bibles, fantastic. You can turn to these, these, uh, these scripture references with me, or you can write them down, refer to them later. Either way is fine. But starting in verse 22 of chapter 3, we see this. Jesus and his disciples, they went out into the Judean countryside where he spent some time with them and baptized. Now John also was baptizing at Anon near Salim because there was plenty of water and people were coming and being baptized. Now this is before John was put in prison. And an argument developed between some of John's disciples and a certain Jew Jesus over the matter of ceremonial washing. They came to John and they said to him, Rabbi, that man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one that you testified about, look, he is baptizing. So Jesus, this guy, he's baptizing and everyone is going to him. And to this John replied, and this is important, he says this, a person can receive only what is given them from heaven. A person can receive only what is given them from heaven. Meaning that if all we have is dependent on what is given by God, then we can only conclude that strength isn't ours. If weakness is our condition because of sin and the fact that we're not God, if that is our innate condition, insufficiency, inability, inadequacy, if that is who we are because we're limited, then that means that strength is God's. Strength is God's. Then he gives that to us. It is God who gives us strength right? See, in our state of weakness, in our innate insufficiency, God in his infinite mercy, he bestows upon us, his people, the strength that we need. And we see evidence evidence of this all throughout scripture. It's right there, right there under our nose. For instance, 2 Samuel 22, 32 through 33. For who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock except our God. It is God who arms me with strength. It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. 
Again, in Philippians chapter 4, verses 12 through 13, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. And I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And then lastly, in 1 Peter 4.11, it says, If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides. So if, if strength is God's, right? If strength is God's, and it comes from God, Because a person, as John the Baptist has said, can only receive what is given to them from heaven, then how does a person, does a child of God then receive strength? How does a child of God strengthen us? Or how does a child of God receive strength? And so how does God strengthen us? That's the question. Now as stated earlier, weakness is our condition. That is who we are. That is our innate insufficiency. Strength is not an innate ability within us. It doesn't come from us, but it comes from God. So it's important to highlight then the various ways in which we experience the giving of strength from God to us. And there's four ways that we experience God's strength in our lives. And these are very real and important, especially right now. The first way in which we experience God's strength in our lives is through God's presence. Through God's presence. And we see this in Deuteronomy 31.6 where it says, Be strong, so not you are strong, but be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is with you. See, God's presence is constant. See, that's a stark contrast, right, from our relationships and circumstances in life, especially right now where things are changing by the minute, and we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring for our jobs, for our families, whether or not we're going to be able to leave our homes, our finances, our church. All these things are up in the air, But God's presence is ever-present and it's ever-true. A beautiful example of this is in Psalm 139 where it says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? So if we literally tried to flee from the presence of God, it would be impossible. We try to convince ourselves, don't we, that we can get out of God's view, but we can't. We can hide in the deepest, darkest corner of the world and we're still in the presence of God. It says, if I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. See, God's presence is ever true, ever faithful. And we experience strength being given from God to us when we remember his presence in our lives. A second way then that we experience the strength that God provides, that God gives us, is through his promises. Through his promises. We see this in, in like we read earlier in Joshua 1.6. 
where God says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. You see, God's promises, they never fail. We as humans, we, we have the monopoly on disappointment. We, we have no problem disappointing other people. Now, we try not to, but we can't help it because that's embedded in our weakness. That's embedded in our humanity. We cannot be completely, utterly reliable. So we disappoint others, and others disappoint us. We're disappointed by our circumstances. We're dif- disappointed by our, 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 our life situations. That's a part of the human existence is disappointment. But God's promises never disappoint. They never fail. When he makes a promise, when he, when he swears to something, and when he swears to his commitment to you, when he swears to offer the grace and the hope and the life that can only come through Jesus Christ to you, and you receive that, it will never fail. It will never fail. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 4 says, His divine power, God's div- divine power, has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature of God having escaped the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. So we experience strength given by God to us because we are weak innately by remembering his presence in our lives and by relying on his promises that never fail. And then thirdly, we experience the strength that God provides through obedience to him, through obedience to God. 1 Kings chapter 2, verses 1-3. through three. When the time drew near for David to die, he gave a charge to Solomon his son. I am about to go the way of all the earth, he said. So be strong, and I love this, act like a man, all right, and observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in obedience to him. See, we can't simply rely on God's presence even though he is ever-present And we can't simply just rely on God's promises even though his promises never fail. God demands our obedience. He demands our obedience. See, thus we can surmise that God's strength, the strength that he gives in our lives is the product then of our submission to him. Whenever my kids do something wrong, which, if you're watching, guys, doesn't happen all the time. <laughs> okay, yeah. No, but anyways, every time my kids do something wrong, right, and we can, I confront them on that, we have that conversation, and maybe they've lied, or maybe they've, they've uh, you know, hit their brother or sister, or whatever the case may be, we sit down, and when they apologize, what, what is my response? My immediate response is to wrap my arms around them and lift them up. See, obedience, when we obey God, we are inviting him into our lives. 
And what's so cool here is that when we humble ourselves in obedience, God lifts us up. We see this in James chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Now if you try to have a relationship with someone, but in that relationship you are slandering them, you are lying to them, you are turning your back on them, you are doing things to dishonor them, that relationship will not exist. It will not thrive. It will not grow. That's why obedience is such a fundamental key. Because when we obey God, when we open ourselves up to what God desires for our lives, when we draw close to him through our obedience, he he draws close to us. And then he gives us the strength that we need in our lives. He lifts us up. So we experience God's strength because of our innate weakness, our insufficiency that is a part of our human condition. We experience God's strength when we remember his presence, when we rely on his promises, and when we obey him. And then lastly, we experience God's strength through the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 17, for this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives his name and I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with the power of his spirit in your inner being. We've been given a helper. See, in the midst of God's presence, in the midst of his faithful promises, in the midst of our humble obedience to him, we've been given an advocate. We've been given a helper who resides within us when we decide to make Jesus the leader of our lives. The Holy Spirit comes into us and gives us the strength that we need because we do not have that in and of ourselves. Romans 8.26, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. See, all of this spells one simple and profound truth, and that is even though we are weak, we are not alone in our weakness. God doesn't leave us in that innate insufficiency. So this brings us back to the original question. Are we supposed to be strong or are we supposed to be weak? Well, it's not a question of which we're supposed to be. That's not the question. Because we are weak. But God is strong. See, weakness is our condition But we aren't called to remain in our weakness. That's not where God wants to to keep us. He doesn't keep his thumb down on us and, and demand that we remain weak. No, he actually wants to give us strength. In God's word, it says that the same power that God used to raise Jesus Christ from the dead is the same power that he has for each of our lives. We are called to be strong in the Lord because we are weak 
and God is strong. We need to see God as the, as the only source of our strength. So are you relying on God in this way? Are you relying on the presence of God in your life that he will never leave you, nor will he ever forsake you? Are you relying on the promises of God that he, that he offers salvation and that he will lift you up? Are you, are you relying on remaining humble before God, obeying him, following in the way that he desires for you to go? And are you calling on the Holy Spirit to fill you, to give you the strength that God so desperately wants to bestow upon you? Is that how it is that you are living your life now, today? Or are you relying on your own strength? That's the fallacy. That's the myth. Because we have none. We're not strong. We don't even know what's going to happen the next minute, let alone the next day, month, or year. We are insufficient. We lack ability. But God doesn't want to keep us there. And that's why all throughout Scripture, it says, be strong. Be strong. And in such, it's not saying... Find that inner strength that you have innately within you and muster up as much of it as you can so you can charge forward in full force. No, it's saying be strong once you receive that from me. Draw that strength from me because you are weak and I don't want you to remain in your weakness. That's how much God loves us. Ultimately, our attitude should resemble John the Baptist's, where right after he says that everything we have comes from God's, he says, he must become greater. I must become less. This needs to be our attitude. This needs to be our approach to life, not just at any moment, but especially now. Because we cannot do this in and of ourselves. We cannot lead ourselves. We cannot lead our spouses. We cannot lead our children. We cannot lead our families. We cannot lead our communities, our neighbors, our church, our coworkers. We can't lead anybody unless we rely on the strength that only God can give. You know, I've said this before, but it's so... It's so important to today's message. God needs to be your first resource, not your last resort. So that's my challenge to you. Will you recognize your innate weakness? Not to wallow in it, but to understand that the strength that we need to get through this doesn't come from us. It comes from God who gives us that strength through his presence, his promises, through our obedience to him, and through the Holy Spirit. And what I want to do to close this time together 
is to sing with each other. But to sing a song that many of us know, I'm going to lead us, and I'm going to ask as uncomfortable as it might seem in the space that you're in right now, to sing audibly. (laughs) To sing in front of your kids, even though they might say, Dad, please stop! To sing out loud. Because this is what God wants to hear from us. And this is the cool thing, right? (laughs) And this is what we forget. That if we do it this way, and when we worship earlier, it's no different than if we're actually in the same room. Because God hears it exactly the same. And so together as we sing the doxology, we're going to know and be comforted by the fact that it's going to be a sweet sound to God's ears. So sing with me as we close this time together. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye. Heavenly host, praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. North Haven family. We are the church. And God's presence is real. His promises are true. We together will live our lives in obedience to him and rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. And together, make Jesus known. Thank you so much for joining us here today. We love every single one of you. Remember to let us know how we can pray reach out, and we'll continue to reach out to you. God bless.